0: is is canceled. Hello, I'm ready, and I love you. My name is Dylan Randall. <laughs> Welcome back to another nightmare that is everyone is cancelled. <laughs> I have with me today my one and only Mac- Miss Michaela McDonald.
1: Hello. Hello. How is everybody?
0: They're doing great because Love Signals is coming. She's the creator of the universe, the dream, the world of Love Signals, the podcast. Many creations to come, which will be released any day now. Make sure to check that out. I'll announce it when we do. Episode 64, I think this is. right. Yeah, 64. Today we are going to be discussing addiction and why you should feel bad if you do anything in life. Do you drink water? Well, you may be addicted to water, and you should feel bad about that. You shouldn't be able to trust yourself if you drink water. But before we get into that, don't listen to that because this whole, this whole show is fictional. It's not real. It, 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 it is a fictional rhetoric and story. Listen to your doctor. Obey the laws in your country. And if you indeed get a prescription to do this, Your local senators approve, it's legal, and you want to do it, which I have a feeling you might. Go fuck yourself.
1: And subscribe.
0: And subscribe (laughs) to the deliciousness, the nutrition, that is everyone is canceled. Coming to theaters near you if you're fucking vaccinated, you piece of shit. Talking about addiction, this has been a topic on my mind lately, and that's what I do on this podcast. I talk about things that are on my mind, things I'm actively thinking about, because if you're not talking about what you're thinking about, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right? I mean, you're just saying shit.
1: Can you talk about things you're not thinking about?
0: I think you can in a way if it's to appease what you think people want to hear. Ooh. So there, there's an interesting thing I heard uh, actually today. It's an old saying, possibly. But anyways, it is, thinking is hard, therefore people judge. Ooh. And I really believe that to be the case when people cast the blame of addiction. The places that cast the blame of addiction and have the most prohibition around alcohol and drugs statistically tend to have the highest rates of negative health outcomes and abuse, and so I've really been thinking about why this is. And I, I really can relate it to the same fact of children who grew up in very strict households end up being party animals. I've seen them myself. They're at the parties. You know what I mean? We've all known those people. They grew up in a strict house, and they just go fucking crazy. Yeah, They lose it. Where is people? people in places like Germany, where you can drink soft alcohol, such as beer and wine, at the early age of 16, there's a healthier community. Uh, and even Italy, they have far less negative health outcomes and problems with addiction. Same thing goes with meth. I, I think addiction, my personal view, to be forthright with this, is I, think, I don't think addiction is a substance issue. I think it's a heart problem.
1: Heart as in emotional?
0: Emotional, well, something even deeper to your soul, something you're missing, whether it's a lack of a connection with God, which I believe all starts there. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not saying... I'm saying a genuine connection with God. Whoever God may be, we don't know. Mm. I think having that belief... Even scientists are starting to look at the fact that, oh, wait, societies benefit from a greater belief of something beyond them. Mm. And I believe that belief belongs to God. Mm. And when something is missing in your heart, I think you reach for alcohol or meth. Mm. And when you put yourself in these prisons, such as AA, where you say, I can't drink alcohol... It often occurs in relapse. It's a very low success rate for a lot of these people. Because I believe that can't relies on a prison of repercussion. You go to prison because you did something wrong. Therefore, they do not allow you to repeat that action for a certain amount of time, maybe forever. Whereas when you heal the problem in whatever was missing in your heart in the first place... You are no longer required to be in prison to not repeat that. You simply don't want to repeat it because what caused you to do that is healed. Mm -hmm. So you can have alcohol. You probably just don't want it because you healed what caused you to reach for it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I believe that mindset isn't necessarily easy to reach. But I believe it is necessary for our freedom and peace.
1: Mm. Do you think that that mindset is one that's easier to connect with when people don't think of alcohol as something they can't have.
0: Yeah, I think it's this whole forbidden fruit thing. I think we naturally think about I know for I've done thought experiments. When I tell myself I can't have something, whether it's chocolate cake or alcohol, there's never a time where I think about it more. <laughs> and I always end up in a place where I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna drink it. Mm -hmm. And that's defeating yourself. Now you're betraying yourself. Now you're saying I can't trust myself. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I just understand the reasons I wanna do it in the first place, oh, I'm celebrating a wedding. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it, but you know what? I fucking want to, Mm -hmm. and I don't need a reason beyond that. Mm -hmm. I have a few drinks, I don't overdo it. If I tell myself I can't have it because I don't trust myself, a lot of people end up binging. Thankfully, I don't have that issue because I feel like I've understood what causes it. Now when I see alcohol in a store, Mm. I have goals that are more important to me than what alcohol does. I love working out. I love hiking. I love my connection to God. I love my connection to you, Mm. my love. I love living life fully, and I don't want to numb out to that. Mm. And if alcohol means numbing out, then that's not a reason I want to use it. Now, if I feel like it can enhance a moment, or I can be silly with friends, or if I want to do a podcast and have a shot before, if I genuinely feel like that's good, mm. then it feels like the right decision to do that. Mm. And it doesn't require me to betray myself to do that, further losing trust in myself. Yeah. I feel like building our trust within ourselves on the foundation of a, a connection with God is is important. And it sounds like a religious podcast, it really isn't. I'm not, I really don't feel like I'm preaching, I feel like I'm just talking from my heart of, of that connection outside of yourself helps you understand the inside of yourself. Mm. Mhm. Yeah. Right, like what's what's prayer? What what's a people talk about it in different ways. Some people meditate, some people have mantras, some people mm-hmm. pray, but I believe simply trusting something that you believe is greater than yourself, God, and saying things out loud. I feel bad about doing this today. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that again. I can, I just don't want to. Mm. Or I hope to do better at this. I hope to spend more time with my kids. When we don't pray, we're, we're not vocalizing those things. We're not even thinking about the fact that we don't spend enough time with our kids. So whether you believe in God or not, simply vocalizing what you wanna do in life and thinking about the things that don't make you feel good, just when you realize you're probably not thinking about those things if you don't pray or have some sort of journaling method, you're just closing your heart. And then you're opening yourself to subconscious addictions, quote-unquote addictions. When it's not the substance, you're missing something. Mm -hmm. I think all things lead to that. Overeating, Mm -hmm. eating fast food, heroin, alcohol, it's all the same thing. I think it's just missing something deep in your heart. Mm -hmm. What do you think about all that?
1: When I was doing a training for some of the coaching that I learned how to do uh, called Faster EFT, which is just, you know, basically it's kind of just words you say while you tap on certain points, but one of the ideas that we learned about that comes from old, old methodologies um, with coaching and even some forms of hypnosis, he talked about this idea of how anytime we think of something as an addiction, it's really just an escape. It's really just an escapism, and that all addictions as we see them are basically just various flavors of us trying to run away from the discomfort we may be feeling in the moment. And so depending on the person, depending on their history and what they've been exposed to and what's been modeled to them, they might reach for one thing versus another. Uh, For one person it might be that they have a shopping addiction, quote-unquote, or for another person it might be that they reach for alcohol or for drugs. And I feel like this idea of trying to escape a bad feeling really tied to what you're saying Dylan of um if there's something not right in your heart if if there's some sense of feeling disconnected from a higher power if you want to call that god um that there could be this sense of trying to run away because you don't you don't know what to do with it you don't know what to do with that discomfort on your own maybe
0: I love that. You know, I grew up around Mormons and I I think they're lovely people. They truly do help their communities. They really do. I think they're great people. But what I noticed about them is they can't have coffee or alcohol, right? Do you know how many of them I've noticed drink diet soda all day long? They drive around in their cars with it. They're just constantly drinking diet soda. What that tells me is it totally defeats the purpose of abstaining from anything it's it's just pain being outletted somewhere in a different route mm. right it's the there's something missing there where they're still appeasing that they don't know why they don't drink alcohol they don't know why they don't drink coffee they just were told that is bad and they believe it so then they reach for something else mm. without knowing how bad is soda for you how bad are fake sugars we're finding out like it's so it's just you're living a nightmare based on your own terms no matter which way you cut it when you don't find what's missing from your heart. Mm. And another, I think another thing people reach for is I've noticed people who abstain versus people who just choose based on the healing of their heart because they are whole. Mm. People who abstain tend to have resentment towards themselves and others who partake in whatever it is that they've abstained from. Mm. Whereas those who have a healed heart, those who are whole, they could care less what you're doing because they're good. Mm. They don't feel this anguish when other people drink, they don't feel this judgment. I've noticed how nasty I feel when I harshly judge others, especially when I see it as something that I can't do. Whereas if it's something I choose not to do and I understand it, there's forgiveness there. Not that there's anything to forgive, but there's forgiveness of self. There's, oh, that's funny, or even they're a fucking idiot, but it doesn't bother me. I don't need to change them. In my opinion, doesn't matter either. It's not a judgment. I can laugh at myself, I can laugh at my thoughts, and I don't need them to change. Mm-hmm. If they ask me, I'll happily share my thoughts. This is why I don't do it. Not that I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Rather than that feeling of harshness.
1: Yeah. And and the distrust of the self, right? Of Of really, it sounds like part of what you're describing is like, I can't do it. Almost like that there's fear there, because what happens when I do it is so bad or so out of control i can't i can't just have a little i have to have a lot right is that part of what you're saying
0: yeah it's the surface of the problem rather than the root of the weed
1: Mm. you know yeah yeah
0: you can keep chopping off the the weed above ground the part you can see which might be the consumption Mm -hmm. of alcohol but that root's just going to keep sprouting it up Mm -hmm. in different ways it's going to grow differently than last time maybe this time it's diet cola maybe this time it's overeating. Yeah. Maybe this time it's your feeling of righteousness and judging others for their partaking in it. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that's your, yeah, your. We'll call it a fetish. Even the thing you really obsess about. You obsess over it because it makes you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. You obsess over judgment. You obsess over overeating. Mm-hmm. You obsess over alcohol. Mm-hmm. You obsess over six cups of coffee a day. Mm-hmm.
1: It it makes me think about. Um, uh, I forget exactly what I was going to say, but like self-compassion and how, and just compassion in general. Of if you can be compassionate towards yourself. Yes, I remember. I remember what it is. If you can be compassionate towards yourself, for me, part of what compassion looks like is um, having open feedback loops. So rather than seeing it as this terrible problem that gets coined with the 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 mark, right? The mark of addiction. To see it as Oh, this is a feedback loop. I notice I've been reaching for this thing more than I'd like to. Or, wow, what what's going on here? And so, to use it as a point of inquiry rather than something that's kind of damning, and then and then become some judgment about you as a person that oh, I must be a bad person because I can't control my relationship to alcohol, rather than seeing it as you're bad. What if there was self-compassion, curiosity of wow, I'm doing this thing. I wonder what's going on. This is feedback. This is information that something's something's not right in my heart. Like I noticed for myself, probably one of my um, like vices, which can feel at times very chill because like the feedback loop is like, I feel good and I just want to do this a little bit. Um, but then other times I notice I'll go really hard on it, which is watching TV <laughs> for hours on end. And when I notice myself really reaching for that consistently, it's usually like a little bit of a, a red flag or a wake-up call for me of like, hey, what's going on? Like, is there something that you're trying to avoid that's making you uncomfortable? Is, are you angry about something but you haven't talked about it? Or do you feel like you can't move forward with something you really care about um, for some reason? Like, it's usually a wake-up call for me if if I let it be that. And so to me, it's actually... The thing I like about what you're talking about, Dylan, of kind of not not emphasizing this idea of addiction and the disempowerment that goes along with it is that it shifts the emphasis to being like, oh, something's going on. How can I use this to uh, go deeper into my relationship with my own heart and with having a, a more satisfying and full-fledged life? And I think that's beautiful and empowering. Hmm
0: yeah I do too I I find peace in it and ultimately uh, it can be scary for people to hear this
1: why do you think that is
0: I think it could be scary because I think it makes them question their own beliefs that give them some sort of security on the matter if they have issues with a certain substance
1: there's this idea in a lot of the coaching that I've learned about and just in that whole world of and there's different phrases for it but it's like what's the secondary benefit? Like, what's what What do you gain by holding on to that belief? So some people might have like a limiting belief of like, it's not safe to make a lot of money. and And one of the questions that you will ask and explore is like, what do you gain? What does it protect you from? How does it keep you safe to believe that thing that seems on the surface like, oh yeah, of course that's not helpful. But a lot of times people have this like, other way that it feels like it's helping them and so i wonder if that's part of what's going on with what you're talking about of like what what do you gain what do you gain from believing that you're an addict what is what does it help you feel safe around what does it help you um, feel protected from what is it what does it give you and do you want to keep that or are there other ways you could get that
0: yeah i think in AA, for instance, they use, they kind of paint it from what I understand is you can't trust yourself, you have to give yourself over to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it has to be a choice of giving yourself over to Jesus or being able to trust yourself. What a horrible way to paint that. In fact, God is the one who blessed us with free will. Mm-hmm. And for us to take our own free will away, we're not taking it away. I see it as denying what God blessed us with. Mm-hmm. God blesses the free will, so I choose. To accept Jesus Christ as my Savior? Like, that's a choice. Why does that have to conflict with me having free will? It's the opposite of what God blessed us with. So when you look at AA, that's why I'm painting this example. They, they say that. It seems to be painted in a way where it's one or the other. I think giving yourself over to God, finding your peace, is exactly what can help you trust yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think trusting in God extends to yourself. And I think AA paints this 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 picture that we're all horrible. No, no, if you have God in your heart, you therefore are not horrible. God abolishes the darkness. Your healing abolishes the darkness. And so the, the need for contradiction, I see it as denying what God blessed us with. The free will is what makes it so beautiful. So it's not that you can't drink alcohol. you're still choosing. Michaela pointed this out to me earlier. It's not that you can't drink it. You're choosing to tell yourself you can't drink it. It's still free will. You're just denying the beauty of the free will of saying, I choose.
1: Well, it's just a difference in narrative, right? It's like what I was saying earlier was how there's objective reality. There's literally what what we do and what's possible for us to do. And then there's the story we tell about it as kind of the the next level of reality. So... Two people could not drink, and those two people could be telling themselves entirely different stories about why that is. I can't. Or, oh, I just didn't feel like it. Or, I don't do that. Or, oh, maybe I will later. You know, like, there could be totally different narratives, but the reality is they're both choosing to not drink.
0: Right. My dad doesn't drink alcohol. He's always been, I've always noticed how much peace he's at when everyone around him can be drinking at a family gathering, but he's totally able to laugh, have a good time. And not once have I ever heard him say, I can't do it, or it's just like, well, I just don't drink. It's not for me. There's ease around it. I can drink a beer in front of my dad and not feel his, his, his oh, yeah, you just haven't learned yet. You just haven't learned, son, about the devil's lettuce or the devil's (laughs) juice that you're drinking. I know. I'm enlightened to it. Mm. I know that I'm a horrible piece of shit. You just don't know you're a horrible piece of shit yet. It's like, Mm. whoa, whoa. what? You can hate yourself. That's your choice. Mm. But when that extends to me, that's when it becomes a problem. And you may say you don't hate yourself, and this isn't towards alcoholics hating themselves, but there is a certain self damnation there when you got to give yourselves a break you're not god you're not even able to damn yourself Mm -hmm. you're just able to convince yourself you've damned yourself Mm -hmm. there's a difference there Mm -hmm. that's your free will convincing you you don't have one Mm -hmm. it's just a trick that to me is devilry well right so when you're open and you take with courage i have free will and i choose not to do this because i acknowledge that everything is a choice Rather than convincing yourself and building this own prison around you,
1: I think I, you know. It makes me wonder about like okay, thinking about the merit, the merit of "can't" and why people would like say that, or or why they'd want to use that. And I, I can think about times where I've used the word "can't," but there was there was some weakness behind that because it it was and not really with alcohol or anything. I'm thinking more about like going to, you know. Um, a friend's house or playing a certain sport it's like oh I can't because you know of my health or because of this or because of that and I remember thinking even when I was a kid doing that that it didn't feel great because it didn't feel totally true but it felt like the best way to get people to um, respect that boundary and, and I think especially as a, as a kid where maybe there's more peer pressure and maybe, I don't know, maybe that happens to people more as adults than I'm aware of, but, um, but that feeling like, oh, well, if I say I can't, um, then maybe people will respect that more and they won't push it because I don't feel strong enough to hold the line if they push it.
0: Right. They see you as a victim, which makes them feel better than you, which gives them permission to not push the alcohol as you on you. You see yourself as a victim, which makes you feel like a martyr, When all in reality, if you're in a healthy relationship with yourself and others, if somebody's pushing alcohol on you and you simply don't want it, and that's not good enough for them, the problem isn't the alcohol. The problem isn't you. The problem is them. It doesn't even always come out in addiction. Sometimes the problem comes out. It's just a heart problem. That person has a problem in their heart, and I don't want to spend my time around that stupid motherfucker. What a dumbass.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think I, I think you make a great point of like the way that we feel and that people can feel like better than each other by like, oh, oh, you can't do that. Okay. I can feel better about myself and just do this thing. Just do this other thing. But it also it makes things awkward. It can make things awkward too. I think, I, I just think there's a lot of social dynamics that play into those moments in particular. Right.
0: And when you're in comfort of your heart, we have this new thing called Tigger Yes, where We recently discussed about just going on trips in general and how much time that takes. And it's like, and I said, based on both of our beliefs, how crazy, just as a crazy idea, what if we only went on the trips that we really wanted to go on for the rest of our lives? And that sounds so obvious, right? But how often do we do things that we don't really want to do Mm. to the point where we lie to ourselves? That is the best thing. Mm. And I think when you're good in your heart and you resonate with that, It determines the people around you. When you're in touch with your Tigger, yes, you don't have to hide. If you have to hide opinions, political beliefs, how you feel in your heart from your friends, they're not your friends. Mm. They are co-conspirators in hiding you. Mm. They are helping you bury yourself to make them feel better. Mm. When you are just yourself and you feel good in that and you have a strong relationship with yourself and you feel good and at peace in your heart... You're naturally going to bring out the darkness and the muck that resides in your friends and alcohol in your kitchen and the substances around you and the choices you make. The things that aren't good for you will push themselves away by you being true to your heart,
1: Mm -hmm. whether
0: it's alcohol or a shitty fucking friend.
1: I like that. I like this visual of like crowding things out, right? Crowd out anything that's bad with the good just by filling up on the good and the good feelings and the the deep connection to your heart, to God, all of that. Uh, I think that's also like what a clear, direct path. You know, it's it's not – because I think that's that's the other thing I noticed with um, this whole world of thinking about addiction. It's this like we need to identify the problem and eliminate it. <laughs> and it's so aggressive and it's so, um, so focused on the problem and so focused on like – on really like criticizing it and and eliminating it versus like wait what's what's actually important to us? What what actually fills us up? We're reaching for fulfillment and all these things. What actually fills us up? Let's let's focus on that. Let's fill up on that. And then potentially the rest can take care of itself.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like the Stokes belief that the obstacle is the way. And when you can't trust yourself, when you when you run away from the obstacle, you never get over it. You never get past it. You never break through it. Whatever whatever your way is,
1: mm. right. And that's where you know you were saying like like with with Mormons, they can't have this, so then they have this instead. They still kind of it's like they're running some pattern with um, almost like with with hyper attachment, right, to soda diet soda, because I can't have the other thing. It's like um, rather than just facing whatever that is, whatever's going on there with the, the desire to have that thing, maybe, you know, um, to face the obstacle, to let it become fuel and, and move forward.
0: Yeah, same problem, different outlet.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: when you find your purpose in life, when you genuinely feel good about what you're doing, you want to help the world, But at the same time, you don't feel threatened by other people's actions. Mm -hmm. You want to help you do what's good for you, and you're fulfilled naturally by what you've chosen to do. Whether it's art, lifting weights, hiking, spending time with your kids, you're fulfilled. And you're not thinking about the things that you're not doing because you love the things that you are doing. And I think there's power in that and peace.
1: One of my favorite people who has talked about addiction is... uh, I think he's a psychotherapist, Gabor Mate. And he really has found a correlation between early childhood trauma and addiction and, um, and even just kind of other, like, you know, just things going on with people when they're older. And basically what he's saying with all of that, at least to my understanding, is that there's some deep sense of hurt or pain that, that these humans are carrying with them that makes them more prone to want to reach for those things that they can escape into. Uh, And that goes back to everything Dylan and I have really been talking about of if you're not right in your heart, then that's, that's probably why that thing feels so compelling that it feels like you're powerless maybe. And I think that seeing that as a sign of like, oh wow, maybe there's some deeper some deeper hurt here, some something deeper that needs attention. That basically, it's a call to go into deep, like I said before, deeper relationship with your own heart, deeper relationship with the higher power. Mm.
0: I see it as cowardice, and I don't think cowardice is something to be ashamed of. I think we've all had cowardice in one way or another. I think it's a human thing, and it's mm-hmm. what teaches us why we don't want to do that, why it makes us feel bad. I think when we use something as abstaining from alcohol. Uh, as an excuse uh, to abstain from it completely, like the repercussions, we don't like how we act on it, so we abstain from it completely. I think it is cowardice to not face why you were drinking it in the first place. I think the actual denial of it is you cowering away because you the deep fear isn't of the alcohol. I think it's cowering away from the deep fear of facing what caused you to drink it, and by not by closing that door forever. It is easier for your mind to accept than to open that door and see what was behind it. Mm. So when you open that door and you let the alcohol out, that's you drinking it. But have you ever ventured inside of the door and see why it was venturing out in the first place, why you were drinking it in the first place? That's a scary place. So it's easier for people to just lock the door and never go in there. No, that's the place where alcohol comes from. Well, why is the alcohol coming from there? Mm. Because now it's just a different door with diet soda. You haven't walked into that door either. I like facing the heart of the issue. Why am I fucking fat? Mm. Why do I feel like shit? Why am I fat? And why do I make others uh, feel okay for being fat? Why do I make all these posts about people being unhealthy is okay? It's not okay. I don't feel okay. I'm not happy. I've noticed people who are are unhappy, they have this need to make other people feel okay being in their same boat.
1: Yeah, well, I think there is this this is something Dylan and I have been talking about a lot lately, of like the underlying experience of victimhood, and this underlying narrative of victimhood. And if you really do believe that you don't have power and you and you aren't empowered to choose, then of course you want everybody else to be on that same level. Now part of what that can look like is surprising. It can look like what Dylan was saying, making other people feel okay being in the same boat that you're in where, where maybe you don't feel good. And... It's so it's, it's that, that to me is kind of a twisted form of it, but it's still there of needing to control how other people feel and how other people perceive something, to me, pretty much always comes from some sense of feeling disempowered. If you feel empowered, I, I think you feel good no matter what everybody else is doing. It's like, you're just doing you. I'm doing me. Off we go.
0: Yeah, I have a good brother um, that I've been talking about this stuff with. And um, something that's come to my attention is something he's pointed out is the importance of community pointing out these problems in each other, holding each other accountable. And I really believe in that. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you know, you seem to be drinking a lot, and um, I notice you're missing work more. Or, man, you've gained a lot of weight. You seem like you're breathing heavier. I'm worried about you. Have you gotten your heart checked out? Are mm-hmm. your kids, they don't, they're not making it to school? You haven't been waking up to take them to school? That's a symptom of the problem. But I think where we can correct ourselves as a society, because a lot of this comes from good, right? You you want to help mm-hmm. them. This isn't us being evil. No. I don't think we want to be... We're not trying to be cowards. I'm not saying everybody is a coward. No. It comes in different ways. Fear, cowardice, anger, mm-hmm. righteousness. It no. all has a different mask. But what I am saying is that I believe it, it would be more effective as a society rather than to say, hey, I think you have a, drink, a drinking problem, to say... I think we're there to point these things out and then say, hey, let's find out what's causing you to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned about what's making my brother or sister drink so much rather than the alcohol itself. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? What's going on in your heart? Yeah. Something's bothering you. And it, it, the alcohol is a symptom of a problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, And, and that's yeah. what I'm concerned about.
1: And to me, that's so different than trying to control how people are seeing you or how people are seeing a situation or the beliefs they have about something, right? What you're talking about is, like, curiosity, investigation. Hey, what's going on? Hey, are you okay? Hey, do you want to talk about this? Like, hey, I've noticed this. Do you want to, like, let's get in there. Like, that to me is this, like, curious, open, compassionate energy. Right, it, it wants to go and, and bring a little bit more light to an area that might be cloaked in darkness.
0: Yeah. And then after that, I think that's where we're failing our brothers and sisters of the society, our parents, our kids. I think we're failing them by at least not illuminating, hey, there's a road to this beyond addiction. Mm. This sounds like a heart problem. And I think if we made that trendy, if we made that popular, mm. and then at that point, you're at peace. If mm. they choose to keep drinking... That's okay. That's their free will. At least they've been illuminated to a path that shows them the deeper root. Mm -hmm. I think it should be popularized that this is a heart issue, not a substance issue, Mm -hmm. substance addiction. Mm -hmm. And at least when they know that, okay, you can feel okay no matter what they decide Mm -hmm. because you've shared an observation that is helpful, not a judgment. Mm -hmm. Because none of us are really the judge. We can just try to play the part and that only makes things worse. It makes them feel bad. It makes you feel bad. So I, I think I think once we illuminate that, there can be peace with our society. Then it is ultimately their responsibility if they want to become an alcoholic and drink themselves to death. That's not in our control, and you can be at peace with that, right? But I think popularizing. Um, spiritual issues and saying hey this is a spiritual problem this is a heart problem is far more helpful than demonizing people and saying you're an addict and it's a mental illness Mm -hmm. i don't believe that shit Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i don't believe it yeah
1: yeah
0: i think it's an excuse to cower away from healing your own heart Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the the warrior energy in me but fuck we need that we're lacking that masculinity and that warrior energy in our society and masculinity, I've said time and time again, is not a man thing. Mm-hmm. It's things that men and women both have. We've just become mm-hmm. out of balance with it. Mm-hmm. It's time. Sometimes it's time to kick yourself in the ass and find out why you're being weak. Mm-hmm. And when you paint yourself as a victim and say, I can't do that because I can't handle it responsibly, mm-hmm. you're fucking cowering away from what's hurting you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Knock it off and fucking buckle up and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to continue to suffer hiding away is not the answer. Mm -hmm. America wasn't founded by us hiding away. Freedom wasn't founded by us hiding away, right? It wasn't capitulating. It was, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want, whether that's good for me or not. And when you have that choice, it's much more empowering to do what is good for you. You're not doing it because you were told to and you don't know why. You're doing it because you know where it's coming from. You know it's good for your soul, and there's peace in that. But that's my opinion, and that's the beauty of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just an opinion. Yep. But yes. I statistically see a problem with relapse and addiction, so I do think there could be improvements on the matter. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the fix. Not only a lot of people highlight, they like to highlight problems, mm-hmm. but I see a fix. And I think the reason this bothers so many people, this mindset, is because it touches on something they deeply know is true. They're running away from what's hurting them. And they're taking it out on others, which gives them temporary relief. Anger judgment gives you temporary relief, but then you go to bed with yourself every night. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, there you are. There you are. Yeah.
0: You want to read what the uh, definition of addiction is?
1: I mean, sure, it's long here we go right. wikipedia i'll start i'll start at the beginning if you feel like you want to interject and comment on it go for it addiction is a neuropsychological disorder characterized by persistent use of a drug despite substantial harm and adverse consequences repetitive drug use often alters brain function in ways that perpetuate craving and undermine but do not negate self-control i think that's an interesting point that they might there might be qualities in the substance that you're abusing that alter your brain function that make it more make you more likely to crave it but that it doesn't negate self-control right that i think that's interesting that that's in here this phenomenon drugs reshaping brain function has led to an understanding of addiction as a brain disorder with a complex variety of neurobiological and psychosocial factors that are implicated in its development so then it goes on. but that,
0: I love it. Yeah. Listen, I'm not telling you guys to partake in what caused you harm. That's not at all. To, to mistake it for that is to totally miss the point. And I don't think you guys are doing that. If you're listening to this show, you're obviously smart.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. what I, what I, the smartest. The smartest. He's the smartest podcaster. Frankly, I listen to it, and I'm not going to lie. I question my sexuality. Listen. Listen. We're getting off track here. Focus up. The fact that I'm a veiny man has nothing to do with
1: this. Dylan, rein it in. All right. Focus up. Listen. Focus up.
0: What I am encouraging is to investigate what caused all this pain in the first place. That's it. What caused all this hurt in the first place? It doesn't mean you need to partake in shit. I'm not saying if you're an alcoholic, you need to drink alcohol. I'm saying (laughs) that you're stronger than you think, and I encourage you to investigate what caused it in the first place. And you don't ever need to take a sip again.
1: Right. And perhaps there are ways that, I, just to play off of what you're saying, if you do identify as an alcoholic or you know have a problem with alcohol, maybe the investigation is like, are there ways that that kind of relationship of escaping into something, some behavior, some drug, whatever, is still showing up in my life? Because that might be a sign that maybe the, yes. the deeper heart part hasn't been addressed.
0: Exactly. That's exact. Yeah, I couldn't have illustrated it better. Oh. I love you.
1: <laughs> I love you, too.
0: I, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's going to manifest always until you attack the heart of the issue. So while I do believe as a sort of a libertarian that all drugs sh- should be legal... It is not because we should use them all. I believe it just expediates the path of, our, of finding ourselves. Oh. I don't believe it is man's uh, duty to stop us from using the plants of Mother Nature, mm-hmm. whether it's an opium plant, right, a, 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 a poppy plant, mm-hmm. which I've never done, but that doesn't fucking matter, does it? It doesn't fucking matter. Or a tobacco plant or making alcohol out of corn.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think that's the government's job. do that because i think all of these things are different avenues for us to find our own hearts
1: that's actually something i was going to say earlier that this whole thing you were saying how um when you can't trust yourself when you're being convinced that you can't trust yourself it feels like there's some darkness coming in there and it does seem like there's something structurally happening when we're being convinced that we're a victim like that, that that god isn't there you were saying like um this idea that you can either give yourself over to god or or you can try to do it yourself, like that there are only those two options, right? Is that what you were saying? Um,
0: that you can't trust yourself if yeah. you give yourself. It's like...
1: Yeah, you can't trust yourself. You need to give yourself over to God versus what if you could trust yourself and have an open really open connection, you know, with God. And to me, it, it really reminds me of this idea of like the way that when power wants to take over, when control of some other entity wants to take over... One of the first steps, it seems, is to convince that entity that it can't trust itself, that it's a victim, that you need us, you need me.
0: <laughs> this is what communism is. I think Michaela's <laughs> illustrating a great point. This is what's happening in America now. You don't understand. You can't trust yourself with your money, so we're going to tax you higher and we're going to distribute it Right. How. It needs to be.
1: You can't trust yourself. We can't trust anybody. You can't trust yourself to navigate your relationship with substances. So we're making them illegal because then you know that they're bad. And then if you do engage with it, you're bad.
0: And then how many people fucking America has more prisoners than any other country. How many people go to jail for marijuana and come out learning how to do breaking and enterings? These people go to jail for marijuana and they come out a fucking hardened criminal and a killer. That is not right. Or even meth. They go to jail for meth and then they come out and they call it they they call it criminal school. You go in there and you learn how to kill people, rob people and do harm. It is not rehabilitative. It is the exact opposite. So I believe in natural repercussions if you're not harming other people. Now, murder, that is something you go to jail for. Mm -hmm. But doing a drug when you're not harming anybody else, Mm -hmm. living in a society that lets us discover our own repercussions and find our own soul, at the end of the day, the only people that can help us is ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want God to help you, you have to make that choice to to make that connection. Mm -hmm. If you want to stop doing a drug, you need to make these choices. Right, and the government, at the end of the day, as we've seen with poor communities and welfare, mm-hmm. only makes the problem worse. Yeah, it, you need to help yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, and it does seem to be. I don't. I don't know any stats on this, but I've seen various um, individuals where this is true, and then and then I've I've heard various case studies of this too. Is that with addiction in particular, um, the person has to choose that they want to make a change. They can't just be put into some you know rehabilitation center or it can't be that everybody else thinks they should do it. They have to choose for themselves. And I think that really shows um, the importance of choice. And so it's interesting that that kind of gets lost along the way. But it's amazing, it's amazing what the human spirit is capable of. It is. And so I, I that's I think partly why I'm so passionate about people remembering that they have choice and feeling empowered because, I think when we remember that, we're able to tap into something really incredible.
0: Right. It's a choice whether you acknowledge it or not. It's beautifully said. Can't means you're avoiding the repercussions of your actions. Won't means you understand why you did it in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like that.
0: So buck up, Buttercup. You've got some work to do. Maybe. No, you do. We all do.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Quit crying. Pick it up and put it down. And then next week, pick up something a little bit heavier and then put that down. And then the next week, pick up something even a little bit, little bit heavier and feel the pump and then put that down. Mm-hmm. And then people start looking at you and saying, oh, wow, you're getting more muscular, Dylan. Your spirit is, it looks very, a little, little bit sexier than it did last week. What are you doing? And I said, I'm not crying and being a victim. This that's what I'm doing. Is,
1: this is so profound, actually. I, so I just watched Twins with my mom. Um, I was visiting her. And that's with Arnold and Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. And they're, if you haven't seen the movie, please see it or at least watch the trailer. But basically, it's that they're twins, and they were separated at birth. And Danny DeVito's character... Um, Maybe there it's 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 kind of arguing nature versus nurture, but it's also, you know, maybe there's something kind of different about them when they were born. Obviously, one of them came out looking like Danny DeVito and the other came out looking like Arnold. But um it's so interesting to see their characters because Arnold is so he's so open to the world and he he's really um there's a way he really takes a lot of self-responsibility, I'd actually say. Whereas Danny DeVito grew up in an orphanage, kind of grew up being taught that he couldn't trust anybody, that that nobody was out there supporting him. And so there's this way that he sees himself as a victim and kind of behaves as if people are trying to get him all the time. And it's anyway, so it's an interesting kind of illustration of these kind of two modes of moving through the world. Obviously, there's lots of other differences going on between the two of them, um, and it's just a funny movie. But it reminds me of this topic, actually, so it's funny you did that impression.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Get curious, find out the why, and uh, don't live in your own fog is what I say. You can do what you want, but I don't want to live in my own fog. I don't, I don't want to live not knowing why I did that bad thing and just not do it just for it to manifest in some other way.
1: And for me, even beyond any fear of it manifesting in a different way, I get excited because there could be some really beautiful insight there. There could be some part of me that's kind of trapped and isolated that, that needs my love and attention that once it comes back back into the light, <laughs> it could feel I could feel more whole. I could feel like I have more access to even greater levels of creativity or insight or compassion for the world. So for me, it actually feels like kind of like a treasure hunt.
0: That's beautifully said. The unraveling of the mystery of your soul enlightened you to the workings of the universe. I love you guys. I think this was, I think that's
1: about it. I think we really, yeah. We did it. We did it. And, yeah. You know, this stuff is hard. It's nuanced. I'm curious to see what people think of this one.
0: If this makes you angry, good. Good. No, really, if this makes you angry, if this makes you feel things, remember, it, whenever you rely on something outside of yourself or you feel like you need to change something that somebody else is saying or their opinions, uh, you're taking all the power away from yourself. You're, 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 lose, you're forfeiting all of your power for a temporary relief. If this makes you angry, if it makes you feel something strong, the only way that you can find, get to the bottom of that is by looking within because that's the only thing you can truly control. What about your perspective makes this hard for you to hear, right? There's something different that everyone can take from this. It's never going to be the same. We're all unique, and uh, you're going to take something different from this than I do, than Michaela does, than every other listener. So if it bothers you in a deep way, or if you deeply resonate with it, even if you love it all, I still encourage you to get to the bottom of why you love it. Why do you love what you're hearing? Knowing the reasons is a beautiful thing that helps us not only understand ourselves, but others in the universe at large. And it's a a beautiful puzzle.
1: And I want to point out, kind of going back to the Tigger Yes, the reason may not be cerebral. It may not be that you can logically explain why you love it or why you hate it. It might be something that you feel in your body. It might just be, uh, because for me, the Tigger Yes is something I really feel in my body. Part of why that's the name is because... My mom, when when she would take me shoe shopping when I was a kid, she always would wait till I basically acted like Tigger. I would start bouncing around. I really liked the sneakers I was trying on, and these are the ones, these are the ones. She's like, yes, that's – there it is. It was like I'd light up. It was a whole – a whole like nervous system response almost that happened. And so anyway, so I just want to point out like you may not logically be able to understand it. Both, both sides of the coin, the, the good feeling or the bad feeling, and that's okay. You can still stay with it and stay curious and notice that feeling in your body and, and, and just ask yourself, okay, wow, maybe, maybe that's all I need or, or maybe there's another time in the past where I felt this way. or you know, there's, there's levels where you can explore this. So being curious and it doesn't have to make sense right away for you to stay engaged with that curiosity.
0: Reminds me of a, I love that story. It reminds me of a quote that you told me by Carl Jung recently. Ooh, yeah. What was that? Ooh. You will never reach the depths of your soul. You will never learn the true depth of your own soul.
1: I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was.
0: And what that means is that you're never going to know everything. And that's a good thing. The great philosophers of the Roman times, Marcus Aurelius, Plato, Socrates, they were old men who loved the observance and the learning of wisdom. And they didn't do it in classrooms. Most of the time they were in the streets talking with normal folk, just like them or people that were of a lower class or a higher class, it doesn't matter. They, some of them were even slaves. They've learned to love uh, wisdom and the attainment of wisdom. And that being wrong is the same as being right. It ultimately funnels you towards a better understanding of life if you're open to it. Mm. Marcus Aurelius saw the booze and the cheers of, of the crowds as the same. He eventually saw the booze and the cheers as the same because ultimately it didn't affect what he was going to do with his life. Mm. It was just, it was knowledge. It was there. It was something that I imagine he observed, but he didn't let him affect his path. I love you guys. I think we have a lot of learning to do. There's a lot of people suffering, I believe, needlessly, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry or these old traditions of saying something is bad without understanding the heart of the issue. I think that is universal to our country. Communism, evil at large, at the macro and the micro. I think it all is very universal. So I love you guys. I encourage you to explore your soul, keep on learning, and I will see you every Monday Right here on everyone is canceled.
1: Yee-haw! <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <Bye-bye>.
0: <laughs>